Well, let's get right to it. The Big 12 tournament is here. I'm Pete Mundo. We are Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet, and we appreciate you joining us and being a part of the show. And by the way, do you want Big 12 tournament tickets? Well, guess what? We've got them for Friday night. Leave us a rating, review, subscribe to the podcast, and then... All you have to do is send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, and you will be entered to win Big 12 tournament tickets. Yes, for this Friday, semifinals, you get the two-for-one game. Rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, send me a screenshot of the rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, and we will get you entered to win free Big 12 tournament tickets for Friday night semifinal games. Yes. March is here. Of course, next week, the big week. And, you know, I'm more of a college football guy than a college basketball guy. That's why we have our Matthew Postens, who's going to be coming up here. Um, He is the Big 12 basketball guru. I'd put him up against anybody in the country for Big 12 hoops knowledge. But my preference is football to basketball. Like, if I could take a Big 12 football Saturday, I would take it every time, 10 out of 10 times, compared to a Big 12 basketball Saturday. That's just me. I like them both, but I'm a football guy. But the Thursday, Friday of the NCAA tournament are just two of my favorite days of the year. Spring is in the air. You're feeling good. You know, you've gotten past daylight savings. And then you've got ridiculous amount of 16 games each day. You can't beat it. Buzzer beaters, hopefully left and right. I just love Thursday and Friday of NCAA tournament week. At least the opening week is just outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. All right, so the Big 12 tournament this week in Kansas City. And by the way, if you're going to be here, um, I'm up here. I live in Kansas City, and Matthew Postens will be in town as well. So hit me up on Twitter at Pete Mundo. Uh, Let me know if you'll be here, and we can grab a beer or something. I'll get you one. So uh, let me know if you're going to be in town, and we'll go from there. All right, let's talk top storylines heading into the Big 12 tournament. And here's what I'm looking at. First off, who gets off the bubble? It is looking like the Texas Tech versus Texas game on Thursday at 1130, the first game on Thursday, could end up being a play-in game for the NCAA tournament because when you look at the bracketology for CBS Sports and then also for ESPN, you know they have differing opinions on Texas Tech and Texas, but here's what they've each got. Going into this week, Texas Tech is right now one of the last four buys according to ESPN, while Texas is one of the last four in. But then CBS has it differently. Here's what CBS has got. CBS has Texas and Texas Tech each as one of the first four out. So I think it's safe to say whoever wins this game between Texas and Texas Tech is going to be in very good shape for the NCAA tournament, and whoever loses is going to be sweating on Selection Sunday and hoping nothing crazy happens at some of the smaller conference tournaments. Now, Texas is uh, playing the better basketball right now, if you look at it. Texas Tech, I mean, they have fallen apart. They have lost four in a row, Oklahoma by 14 points, Texas by 10, Baylor by three, Kansas by four. Now, you can look at that and say, well, they lost to Baylor and Kansas, two teams in the top five, by a combined uh, seven points. Okay, but they've lost four in a row. And they lost to OU and Texas, two teams that, you know, if they win one of those games, they're a lock for Sunday no matter what happens this week. Now they're not. And that's got to be concerning for Chris Beard because this thing is, I don't want to say it's fallen off the rails, 
But after getting to a national championship last year, you've got to be wondering what the heck's going on here. And nobody thought that this Texas Tech team was going to make another run to, you know, the final four this year. There were pieces that had to be replaced. We all understand that. But still, uh, if this team were to lose to Texas and then miss out on Selection Sunday, that is going to be a disappointing season after what last year's uh, run was all about. So all of a sudden, Texas, Texas Tech, very interesting on Thursday afternoon, keeping a very close eye on that as we look at the top storylines for the Big 12 tournament this weekend. Now, elsewhere in the conference, what else am I keeping an eye on as this thing gets uh, all lined up here in the Big 12? Well, how about this? Can anybody make a deep run in that bottom four? Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, TCU. If you were placing odds on it, you'd say Oklahoma State. Just because of the fact that they've been playing much better as of late. Winners of three in a row, four of five. If you want to go back even further, they've won six of their past eight games. They blew out Texas by 20 last weekend, took care of K-State, Iowa State, lost to KU big time, beat OU, lost to West Virginia, beat Tech and K-State. So they're playing much better basketball for a team that got off to a terrible start. I mean, they started off, what, 0-6 in conference play. All of a sudden, Mike Boynton, who has a big-time recruiting class coming in next year, has got his guys playing some pretty darn good basketball. So good for him. I know everybody in Stillwater is rooting for Mike Boynton. Everybody in the, well, uh, OU fans not, but uh, Cowboys fans in the state of Oklahoma are pulling for this guy, and he is a really good guy. I had a chance to chat with him at the uh, Big 12 Media Days earlier in the season, and he is a really good dude. I want to see him succeed. I want to see him win. Got off to a rocky start in conference play, but they have started to turn things around. And Oklahoma State could be that team that maybe comes out of nowhere. I'm not saying they're going to win the conference tournament. They're not. Uh, they're not going to be playing on Selection Sunday. But a guy like Mike Borton, if he can, you know, have a nice run in the NIT with this team, going into the offseason, big recruiting class coming in, why the heck not, right? Why, why the heck not? I think it's great uh, if this team can win a couple of games and make a little bit of noise. So Baylor and Kansas at the top. I think that's what most people expect to see in the Big 12 tournament uh, championship game on Saturday night. And it's understandable, right? Like it, it has been such a gap after one and two. Think about this. There are two teams in the Big 12 who have conference records above 500 going in to the Big 12 tournament. How unusual is that? Kansas is 17 and 1. Baylor is 15 and 3. And then you've got OU, Texas, Texas Tech, and West Virginia, all 9 and 9. Four teams tied for third place at 9 and 9. Then it's Oklahoma State, TCU, 7 and 11, Iowa State, 5 and 13, K State, 3 and 15. The drop off is crazy. And we're not used to that in the Big 12. We are used to just depth. Anybody can beat anybody on a given night. Uh, that's how it's been now for a few years in this conference. And that's just not what has gone on this year. It has been a two-horse race, and it has not been close. It has not been close at all for the most part. So, you know, if it's anything but Kansas Baylor, it will go down at a big, big-time shocker. And the question is, you know, who gets there? Who could crash that party? Our own Zach Campbell wrote a really good piece this week on heartlandcollegesports.com talking about why the Mountaineers might be that team. I mean, West Virginia has been playing much better after a bit of a swoon there late in the season. They've won two in a row. 
after losing three straight and six to seven. So I don't want to go nuts when you beat Iowa State, but still it's a good win on the road. And then you take care of Baylor at home by 12 points. There's certainly reason for optimism in what has been an up and down and left and right season for Bob Huggins' team. So it is going to be very interesting to watch this tournament and and see if it's anything but Kansas Baylor because anything but that will absolutely be a surprise this weekend in Kansas City. So And, and who's going to get off the bubble, right? Who is going to get off that bubble between Texas and Texas Tech? It looks like Oklahoma and West Virginia are safe. Uh, they should be. CBS has them as a sixth seed in the East. And then the Oklahoma Sooners, uh, if you look at where they are in the CBS bracket, they are right now a nine seed. And then meantime, if you go to the other side, they've got uh, ESPN has West Virginia as a seven seed in the Midwest. And for Oklahoma, they've got them as a nine seed in the West. So those two teams look to be solidly in, but they can definitely, definitely move themselves up a couple of lines, right? If you're West Virginia, you take, maybe you don't want the 12-5 matchup. I think it's overrated. Give me the 5-12 over the 7-10, uh, which is where West Virginia is right now per ESPN's Joe Lenardi. And OU as a nine seed right now, hey, win a game or two, get me up to a seven line, you know? I don't want to have to face a one seed in the second round. I'd prefer to avoid that if I can at all costs. So that's where we are. This is a great time of year. I hate to say it, but college basketball, uh, for the average fan, not for those of us that do this and you, the listener, but to the average fan, college basketball has become a one-month sport. And I hate that that's happening. It is disappointing that that's happening. But it's where the sport is. There's been some proposals I've seen lately starting college basketball in the month of December. I'd be open to that, but I don't know how much changes. I still think there's so much hype around the one-and-done NCAA tournament, how this whole thing works, and the fact that, especially this year, there's not a ton of stars in the sport, which absolutely is hurting it. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. It's always great to have you on board, especially as we're getting ready for a really fun, exciting couple of weeks and hopefully a really good couple of weeks for our Big 12 teams as well. Uh, coming up, let's keep the conversation on the basketball side going. Matthew Postens, our Big 12 Hoops Insider, he's going to join us next on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Hey, guys, it's Pete Mundo, and March Madness is here. Yes, we've made it through the winter and we're all going to go nuts watching these games. And our friends at mybookie.ag have got us covered. The best part is one result's not going to ruin your tournament. The brackets are fun, but there are no busted brackets. If your picks go bad one day, guess what? You start fresh the next day. That's the best part of it. So make mybookie your sportsbook home for March Madness. Mybookie.ag today and deposit with the promo code BIG12. That's BIG12 for a 50% sign up bonus you can get a free entry into a five thousand dollar blackjack tournament you can get a free world series futures bet you can get casino chips all by depositing at mybookie.ag promo code big 12 that's big one two for your 50 percent sign up bonus and all the other benefits make my bookie your sports book home for march madness and beyond mybookie.ag promo code big 12 big one two for a 50% sign-up bonus at MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid.
that, the regular season is over in the Big 12, and now it's all about the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. And let's welcome on, as we do each and every time this week, all season long, Matthew Postens, our Big 12 basketball insider. He's going to be in Kansas City. Uh, Matthew, any coronavirus concerns as we get ready for big crowds, the Big 12 tournament? It does, in all seriousness, seem to be an issue that the NCAA has been talking about with what's been going on lately. Yeah, and I mean, the NBA, all four major pro sports have been talking about it, too. I covered the Mavericks on Sunday down here in Dallas, and uh, actually turns out that it's going to be the last game, at least for a while, that the media is going to be allowed in the locker room pre- or post-game because they've now clamped down on all four locker rooms uh, as a precaution to uh, keep from spreading the coronavirus. We've only had one uh, presumptive positive case down here in the Dallas area. It just popped up earlier this week uh, in Collin County, which is oddly enough where I live. Um, you know, I kind of feel like, you know, I think everybody's doing what they're doing out of an abundance of caution. And I think mm-hmm. that's, that's great. And I think that as long as fans are being smart about what they do and, and who they do it with, avoiding people who are sick, you know, washing your hands, using hand sanitizer, et cetera, uh, I kind of feel like, um, for the most part, uh, I think everybody will be all all right. I know for myself, I'm doubling my dose of vitamin C every day. That's about the the biggest thing I'm doing at this point. There you have you hear it there from uh, Doctor Postens on Heartland College Sports Weekly. <laughs> Heartland <laughs> Not College, a <laughs> but he can play Not it on the radio <laughs> <laughs> and on the podcast. All right, Matthew, uh, let's talk about this Big Twelve tournament. It feels like it's Baylor-Kansas on Saturday night. I mean, it feels like that's the way this thing is going to go. But take us through why it might not. Well, when you get to this point in the season, when you get to the conference tournament, strange things happen. And all you have to do is look at last year uh, with Texas Tech uh, and them losing the first day they played in the tournament. Uh, you look at West Virginia, how they you know really came into the into the tournament you know, as the worst team in the conference, and they ended up winning two games. Um, it, it, you, there's always going to be a game during the tournament that's going to kind of flip the grid. Uh, I, I don't know who that team is. It might be West Virginia. Uh, they they finally seem to have some uh, some offense coming off their bench, and Miles McBride and Taz Sherman. Uh, it might be a team like Oklahoma State, which is playing some really good basketball right now and comes into the tournament uh, having won seven of their last ten. Uh, but I agree with you because there's been so, there's been this chasm between Kansas, Baylor, and the rest of the conference all season. I mean, you know, Kansas has lost one conference game, Baylor lost three conference games, and then the next team is like nine and nine. I mean, that's a huge difference between those two teams and the rest of the conference. I wouldn't rule out an upset, but I think I think come Saturday it'll be Kansas and Baylor, and that should be one heck of a game. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Matthew Poston's joining us here on Heartland College Sports Weekly. Uh, Matthew, you know, when you look at at how the late season has played out, the Texas Longhorns in particular, they had a great stretch there. They got blown out by Oklahoma State on Saturday in the regular season finale. Uh, Where are they right now when we talk about this bubble? Uh, I think they're right on it, and I think Oklahoma's right on it, and I think Texas Tech is right on it. And when you think about those three teams coming into the tournament, um, you know, I, I don't think any of them is going to win the tournament, but I think their chances of making the NCAA tournament are really going to boil down to whether they can win 
their first game in the tournament. And Texas and Texas Tech have to play each other. So one of them is going to lose. Uh, if you're Oklahoma, you're trying to win that, that one game on that first day of the tournament to kind of solidify yourself. If you look at bracketology with Joe Lenardi and Jerry Palm, Oklahoma feels like the most solid of the three teams. Uh, they've, been, they've been on the bubble the least. Uh, they've been most consistently a 10 or 11 seed in most of their prognostications. So they feel like they're the most solid. But we're at a time of year where so many different things happen in so many different conferences. Teams get automatic bids that we don't expect to get automatic bids. You know, take the ACC, for example. Florida State won the title there. The expectation would be that Florida State would win the conference tournament. Well, if somebody weird, like, say, an NC State, whom we don't expect to win that conference or even make the tournament as an at-large bid, wins the conference title in, the, in their tournament, then there's a team that we're not expecting to get into the tournament that could influence how many teams the Big 12 has in the tournament. So mm-hmm. I, I told you last week that I felt like there were five Big 12 teams that were going to make it. I still feel that way. I feel like it's going to be Kansas, Baylor, West Virginia, and then pick them between Oklahoma, Texas, and Texas Tech. What do you make of the Mountaineers, Matthew? I mean, you know, they really had a tough stretch there, but they bounced back nicely beating Iowa State last week and then the win over Baylor on Saturday. Uh, suddenly the Mountaineers have a little bit of momentum, and you know this time of year, momentum can oftentimes matter more than what you did back in November, December, and January. Momentum really helps. That's why Oklahoma State's playing so good the last uh, month, month and a half, and why I think they could be a, a sneaky team in this tournament just in terms of giving uh, the teams above them and seeding some trouble. Uh, the I thought the road win over Iowa State, even though it was Iowa State, they're not good this year. I thought that was a big deal for West Virginia because they've struggled so much away from Morgantown. So they've now bookended their Big 12 schedule with road wins. They get to go to a neutral site in Kansas City. Uh, and, you know, they had momentum last year going into the tournament. And they won a couple of games. Uh, they could do that again this year. I think the thing that I look at now is the last two or three games, they have finally been getting consistent scoring from four places, Culver, Toshibwe, McBride, and Sherman. If they're going to go on a ride, if they're going to go on a run in this Big 12 tournament and potentially go on a run in the NCAA tournament, it's going to be because those four guys are good for them on offense and defense every night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt about it. Matthew Poston is our guest, our Big 12 basketball insider here on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Well, Matthew, you know, you look at at this conference right now and you mentioned the top of it. You mentioned the bottom half of it. Not all that good right now. Who in the bottom half of this conference, as you look at the standings right now, had the most disappointing season? Mm, Good question. Um, I was pretty disappointed by Iowa State, to be honest with you. Um, I know that they lost some really good guys from last year's team that won the uh, conference tournament championship. But I kind of felt like with Tyrese Halliburton coming back, with Rasir Bolton coming in, uh, with Princess Nixon being able to play after sitting for a year on the bench, with Solomon Young back healthy, uh, with a solid recruiting class and growth from players like George Condit and uh, Zion Griffin, that they could be a a competitive team in this conference. And they just weren't at all this year. Uh, The chemistry just did not come together for them. And then after the Halliburton injury, I, I really think that just took the wind out of their sails. They know Halliburton's not coming back next year. I mean, it's almost a certainty at this point that he's going to go to the NBA. Uh, Nixon's a senior. Young is a senior. They, they're going to lose Michael Jacobson as well. Uh, they're going to lose a lot of talent 
from this team going into next year. And Steve Prohm's coaching job next year might be even harder. But if there's a team in that bottom half that I'm looking at as a team, you know, what were my expectations for them coming into the year and where are they now? Iowa State's the one that I'm the most disappointed in. Interesting. Matthew Poston's our guest. All right, Matthew. Big 12 tournament, uh, when it gets here on Saturday night, the championship game, are we looking at Baylor, Kansas? What do you think? Uh, I think we're looking at Baylor and Kansas, and I think I think Kansas ends up winning the tournament title for the third time in five years. Uh, you just look at the way that Devin Dobson and Adoka Azabikwe have played the past eight to ten games. I mean, Azabikwe was a huge difference maker when they played each other in that huge game in Waco a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Baylor really didn't have a big answer for him. Now, I'm sure they'll try and tweak some things defensively. They might try to double-team Azabikwe. They might try to front him. Uh, they might try to play some, you know, they might even trot out that one three one zone that we know Baylor for so well as a change of pace to try and pack the paint and make things harder for Azabikwe. But the thing is, if you do that, Devin Dotson is just as good a player in terms of getting the basketball, uh, putting it in, making things happen as Azabikwe is. Uh, Dotson was my player of the year on our Heartland College team, really because Dotson has been one of the most consistent players in the conference all year. And I really feel like if they were to lose Dotson, that would actually be a slightly bigger loss for Kansas than losing as a Beakway simply because they have McCormick inside who can give them serviceable numbers. If you lose Dotson, I'm not sure they can replicate what he can do for them. So I think ultimately Kansas wins the game. Kansas wins the Big 12 tournament championship. They end up as the number one overall seed. I think Baylor still ends up as a one seed in one of the other regions. And with the potential there for those two teams, perhaps if things go right for them to meet again in the final four in Atlanta. How about that? Matthew Postens, our guest on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Matthew, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate the time, and we'll, uh, we'll see you in Kansas City this week. Looking forward to it. Absolutely, Pete. Looking forward to it. Matthew Postens, great stuff out of him. We appreciate him hopping on the show. Well, coming up, coronavirus is all the talk. What does it mean for the Big 12 tournament and college basketball? That's next. Hey there, it's Pete Mundo, and guys, if you were to guess, on average, how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? Well, Americans have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. Ridiculous. And if you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want that treatment ASAP. You do. Don't kid yourself, you do. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment that you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or a computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. That's it. That's all you have to do. With Roman, there's no commitments, and you can cancel it at any time. And if the doctor decides the treatment's right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication with free two-day shipping, you also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com Heartland for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com Heartland for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. So let's spend a few minutes on a rapidly changing story. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 
digital media outlets. So coronavirus, uh, understandably freaking a lot of people out. Now, I do believe it's getting overblown in many ways by the media. I absolutely believe that. It's serious, and you shouldn't take it lightly. But this whole thing, we're all going to die. Like, it's just not necessary. It's not. I think the Ivy League, which canceled its conference tournament, was a misstep, was a mistake. But what happens, right? It's, it's kind of like when one school shuts down in your area because of coronavirus. They make the kids learn from home. Other schools find out, and their parents find out. And then the parents call the schools and are like, well, what are you doing about coronavirus? And you can't say, well, I think the town next door is overreacting based on what we know. You can't say that because then people will be like, what do you mean you're overreacting? We're all going to die. That's what the news told me. Like, you can't do that, right? So you have to then close school or have school done remotely. So it's this cycle. And I'm glad that as of the recording of this show, it looks like that uh, the Power Five conference tournaments are going to go on. Big East in New York, Big 12, ACC, Pac-12, SEC. They should. Now, what I would advise is that, hey, if I am 65 – we're older, which is where this coronavirus is really affecting people, older people, and you had tickets, put them on StubHub, you know, put them on StubHub, and let's all move on, okay? Use your best judgment, be wise, don't go. That's what I would do. But telling tens of thousands of people that they can't go watch a basketball game seems like a little bit much at this point in time. but. This is what happens, right? The Ivy League cancels, and people are like, well, there's a lot of smart people in the Ivy League. If they're canceling their tournament, what should we be doing? Nothing right now. Especially if the Big East is playing its tournament, and the Big East has a hell of a lot more people with coronavirus than Kansas City does. I'm based in Kansas City. There's one case right now in the entire metro. And, you know, it's one too many. I wish there were zero. But you just can't cancel a tournament that, by the way, is about a $20 million windfall for the local economy and be like, yeah, just in case. No, if you're older and, you know, you're being wise, don't go. Do not go. You can sell them on StubHub, give them to a friend, whatever it might be. See, geek, I don't care. (laughs) But you probably shouldn't go with where things are right now if you want to be safe. If you want to go and just say, screw it, I'm going, then, then go, then go. But like South by Southwest down in Austin got canceled. Overreaction to me. That's $300 million in the local economy. And then, by the way, you've got the mayor of Austin, Texas, being like, hey, our local businesses are getting hurt because we canceled South by Southwest. So please go out and spend money. It's like, uh, buddy, you're the same one that canceled this thing, or at least you had some role in canceling this thing. Aren't you the same one telling us to, like, hide in our basements and reapply hand sanitizer every five minutes? I'm just saying, you can't have it both ways. If you're the mayor of Austin, you can't be like, yeah, you know what? I am going to uh, at least facilitate or have some say in what's happening here with South by Southwest. And then when it gets canceled, be like, hey, everybody, go out. <laughs> go eat at the restaurants. Like, it doesn't work like that. It does not work like that. So right now, what Bob Bowlesby is saying is that the locker rooms are going to be closed to the media in response to coronavirus. Um, I don't get it. 
like if there are media members who are over 60 who don't want to go into the locker rooms out of fear of coronavirus, fine. But young people are not being affected by this. They're simply not. And that's not to delegitimize what is going on here. It is a serious issue and people have and will die. But also know the facts. Also know what's really going on here. And who's actually at risk and what they're at risk of. Maybe they're trying to protect the older beat writers from having to go into the locker room and maybe a player has it, doesn't know he has it because young people who are healthy may barely even show symptoms if they've had it. So maybe that's it. Or maybe, you know what, if you're the Waco Tribune, if you're the Des Moines Register, if you're uh, the Oklahoman and you have somebody on the staff who's a little bit older, don't send them into the locker room. But if they're going to be in the stadium anyway and they're going to be back in the media area anyway, then what's the difference as to whether or not they're around another 10 people, players, and a couple of coaches when they're going to be around hundreds of people already? What does that accomplish? So if the Big 12 wants to do this, close the locker rooms to the media in response to coronavirus as a way to just be like, hey, we're doing something, fine. But I'm glad that the city and the Big 12 did not overreact freak out and decide, nope, no Big 12 tournament this year. Don't do it. Don't go down that road. It's just, as of right now, I know it's an ever-changing story, but it is not necessary. It's not. So let's just all take it a day at a time. If the story changes, of course, it's a possibility. But right now, it hasn't. It just has not. I'm Pete Mundo. We are Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Great to have you on board and joining us here for a few minutes. It is Big 12 Tournament Week. I absolutely love this week. I love next week even more, but I I really do love this week. Uh, The Heartland College Sports Edition of the awards first team player of the year ours were different than the uh, some of the media picks and I trust our staff I mean that's why they're on our staff we had Devin Dotson as player of the year Um, as Matthew Postens pointed out it came down to three guys as a week way who actually won it for the conference at the media level uh, we gave it to Dotson over as a week way and Jared Butler from Baylor and as Matthew Postens pointed out he led the conference in scoring during both, you know, non-conference and conference play and just conference play. He was consistent, and while Azabique had a great stretch to close the season, you can say that Dotson was the more consistent player who improved in every part of his game. And without him, you know, that's how I like to look at this too, player of the year. Without that player, what does that team look like? And I think without Devin Dotson, this team is really screwed. Without Azubikwe, they're hurt. They're not the team that they are, but they're more hosed without Devin Dotson, who got more consistent as a scorer as the season went on. And that's what, you know, helped this team possibly get a top-line seed in the NCAA tournament. Coach of the year, we went uh, Scott Drew. Probably the easiest decision of them all, and for obvious reasons. I know that KU won the conference, but the Bears put together – The longest winning streak in team history, longest winning streak in Big 12 history before that KU loss. And while they didn't play great down the stretch, you got to look at it start to finish. And the players that Scott Drew is working with is not uh, the same level of recruit that Bill Self is working with. And that is coach of the year material that's got to be talked about. No question about it. Our first team was Devin Dotson, Jared Butler, 
Azabique, Christian Doolittle from Oklahoma, and Freddie Gillespie from Baylor. Our second team, all Big 12. Desmond Bain from TCU. Massey Teague of Baylor. Jameis Ramsey of Texas Tech, who is also our Big 12 freshman of the year. Matt Coleman from Texas and Oscar Toshibwe from West Virginia. For the third team, Marcus Garrett, Kansas. Mark Vital, Baylor. Rasir Bolton, Iowa State. Brady Manick, Oklahoma. And Cameron McGriff from Oklahoma State. As for the all-freshman team, Jameis Ramsey, Texas Tech, who was on our second team. Dewan Jordan, Kansas State. Devion Harmon, Oklahoma. Miles McBride, West Virginia. And Oscar Toshibwe of West Virginia. So that is a rundown of where things stand on our first, second, third teams in the Big 12. Also the all-freshman team, courtesy of heartlandcollegesports.com. It's all up on our website as well. So be sure to go and check it out there. Enjoy this week. If you're going to be in Kansas City, uh, hit me up on Twitter, as I noted earlier, at Pete Mundo. Maybe we can catch up, grab a beer, say hello to each other. That would be a lot of fun. First beer is on me. So looking forward to that and hopefully uh, catching up with a couple of you guys. I'll be in town all week long. Appreciate you guys tuning in. And don't forget your chance at Big 12 tournament semifinal tickets this week. Rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, then email me. A screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and you will be entered to win Big 12 tournament semifinal tickets this Friday for the doubleheader. Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, screenshot of the rating and review of this podcast, and you'll be entered to win Big 12 tournament tickets. Thanks so much, guys. Enjoy the games. We'll talk to you soon.